Broadcasting from their dining room table in Long Beach, California, it's the Stonebirds with Dave Stone and Katie Strandberg. Get it? Advice and encouragement from two goofballs who can barely run their own lives. Call now at 562-548-2012 to be a part of the show. Now welcome the Stonebirds. Love this. This is where it gets good. Here it is. Wait for it. Who's this? Oh, it's the B-52, Cecil. They're really good. B-52 was a fine thermonuclear killing machine. What? No. The the band. Oh, the band. (laughs) I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about the B-2 bomber. No, I wasn't talking about the b Bomber. Why do you always have to do that? You bring it down to like a bomber. B-52s, baby. Yes! My South Flaxen. What an underrated band. I love them so much. Love the B-52s. Where did Rock Lobster come from? Who knows? I like him. Fred Schneider's so silly. Fred Schneider. That's an improv game. Did you know that? What? No. What? You have to... Pretend you're saying Fred Schneider, like you're in his voice. Oh, okay. And you get in a circle, and you say, hey, Fred Schneider, what are you doing? And then the person has to make up what they think Fred Schneider's doing. They do all 16 dances. Perfect. People underestimate the B-52s, and they think that Rock Lobster is just a novelty song. Listen to how much this rocks right here. This rocks so hard. There he goes. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah! Right here. Listen to this guitar and this bass, this rhythm section right here. Mm, 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 oh, you love this part. It's coming, guys. It's rock! Yeah. Here, here. What? E. That is badass. That is badass. But, I mean, I'm not really a music person, but I like them a lot. By the way, I know the rhythm section's not the bass player and the guitar player. It's the guitar player. It's what? the bass player and the drummer. What is wrong with What's going on? What's happening? Man. Oh, boy. B-52s. Oh. They rule so hard. What's going on, boo? Ah, uh, boo, not much. Uh, happy Monday. Happy Monday? Wait, it's Sunday. <laughs> this comes out Monday. It comes out Monday, but we're recording on Sunday. <laughs> happy Mother's Day, it's boo. Mother's Day. How you doing? As a dog mom, I'm doing well. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. I do what all dog moms do. What's that? And they take their little dog with them to Starbucks and do a... <laughs> Do a little drive-through. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> you're supposed to do. And I thought I'd get it for free today, but nope. Dog moms don't count. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you really thought you were going to get something free? Cause I you're a dog thought. Mom. I honestly gave it a shot. Might as well ask, right? Like, <laughs> why not? Hi. Oh my god. They That's weren't fun. even giving away free mom things, though. I was just asking for something for free. <laughs> I have a mom, or I did. She's dead now. Can I get something free? Please. Did yeah. you get uh, did Charlie get a puppuccino? Yes. Charlie, but he only got half of one since he has some weight issues right now. Yeah, he's getting some <laughs> junk in the trunk. <laughs> We're dealing with his quarantine belly. 
Or as he calls it, his tangerine belly. Oh. He gets tangerine in quarantine confused. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Because he's a dumb dog. <laughs> but the fact that he can even speak English is pretty good. It's amazing, actually. <laughs> well, how's your Mother's Day? My Mother's Day is good. I'm just, uh, what have I been doing? Oh, you, you made me a Mother's Day breakfast, I even did. though neither one of us are mothers. I did. You made me a, a scramble. Let me say this. Let me clarify this real quick. I'm <laughs> amazing and everyone loves me. Um, to the naked eye, <laughs> to the naked eye, you're a terrible cook. Yeah. And what I mean is, you know, based on some of your choices in the past and execution, um, but I tell well, you an what, overall thought. Yeah. The whole thing I'm bad at. The, the fact that you even thought you could take a beef bouillon cube and scrub it on a raw piece of salmon and that would serve as some sort of seasoning or marinade. Yeah. I was discovering. I mean... <laughs> I was. I was. That's I, how artists they exactly. have to practice. I can't fault you for that, even though. Why uh, not? We won't get well, into we that. Had, you know, it has flavor. But on the surface, you're an awful cook. Mm-hmm. But you can knock out a scramble like no one's business. Yeah. I'm a good scrambler. Here's why. Okay. One of my thousands of jobs I've had, <laughs> I was a craft service person for the movies. And by movies, I mean it was a Bratz commercial, those dolls that look like with really big eyes. Do you know what Bratz are? I don't think so. Oh, they're creepy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so it was for a commercial for that. And I worked for a lady named Orly, mm-hmm. and it was called Breakfast at Orly's. And we just specifically did omelets. Mm-hmm. And that's where I learned. Trust me, it took a very long time for me to get good at this. Well, how about that? <laughs> yeah. And then Orly left the country, and she owes me like $100. I don't know where she went. But you crushed your screen anyway. this morning. She did a, uh, first of all, you started with an English muffin. Yes. Which you and I both have kind of uh, rededicated our life to the English muffin. Why wouldn't recently. we? Recently. We've, uh, we've rejuvenated our relationship with it. Yeah. English muffin is so great and so underrated. Well, they have the nooks and crannies. Nooks and crannies, get all that butter down in there. Oh, a little strawberry jam, get out of town. Oh, so you started gosh. with the uh, with the English muffin. Yeah, it was beautiful, and I open cut face. it. Yeah, open face, two pieces, and then you had a scramble adorned atop that. Yeah, with my beloved ham. Yeah, my Hempler's food, Canadian pork shoulder bacon. And and by beloved, he does me beloved. It's in like a special area of the refrigerator. Yeah, I got a ham shelf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you, you started with that. Yep. And you do something that not many people do. Oh. Which I like. You incorporate garlic into your breakfast. I do. I like a good garlic. Why not? Yeah. Chop some garlic in no, there. No, that sounds a bit abrasive no. for breakfast. But if you don't overdo it, which you don't, yes. just a little bit of sauteed garlic a little sautéed onion, uh, sautéed onion, and you did some sautéed bell pepper. Red Real, bell pepper. Red bell pepper, which is my favorite. Real finely diced, uh, incorporated into the scrambled egg with the cheddar cheese mm-hmm. and the ham. And some cream cheese even. I just put really? a dollop oh, in there. Man. A little dollop. Ooh. A dollop will do. You crushed it. Is that, what's that? A dollop will do? A little dollop A will little do. dollop will do. That was that Cool Whip <laughs> slogan or something? I wish. Yeah. No, it was uh, Daisy, the sour cream. Oh, right. Dollop Daisy, with sour Daisy. Cream. There you go. But uh, you crushed it. Thanks, it was great. Boo. It was delicious. Happy Mother's Day breakfast. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have a great mom. I do have a good She's mom. She's the best. Yeah. Should we talk about Nancy real quick? We talked about Corrine a lot last week. Yeah, get out of here, Corrine. You're and, done. Uh, you got one episode. <laughs> Beat it, lady. <laughs> a lot of nice feedback on that, Boo. Yeah. Uh, people appreciate you uh, being vulnerable. 
Thanks, and, guys. And uh, sharing that story with us uh, of your mom. And, uh, and I know she's just playing the accordion right now yeah. and eating carrot cake in heaven. <laughs> that's all I can hope. That's awesome. Oh, and then bowling later, yeah, probably. That's right. But yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I thought maybe you'll take a... I won't spend a whole episode on it, but we'll take a few minutes to, uh, to talk about my mom. Gosh, she's such a badass. Talk to her today. And uh, she's made an appearance on the Stonebergs podcast. She's, yes. I forgot what episode that was, maybe two or three. If you listen past uh, the little outro, sometimes I will drop little uh, secret audio uh, in that outro music. And uh, she called. She's called twice. I need to, I need to air that other phone call soon, too. <coughs> and um, But, yeah, Nancy Stone. She is hilarious. Um, Amazing. Funniest human ever. Boogie Monster listeners are probably familiar with, with her some of her bullet points of her backstory. Uh, but, you know, it's dumb for me to assume that everybody listening now listens to my other podcast. Uh, so I'll, I'll say it again. And for those who do listen to both, uh, You're welcome. deal with some redundancy. Because okay. uh, <laughs> I, I have a uh, tendency to uh, repeat myself uh, in regular life. Because you're old, boo. I'm old and my memory's fading. Yep. <laughs> little old fart. Just old man just. <laughs> but yeah, talk to mom today. She's doing well. Mom just celebrated her 70, 70th birthday uh, back in December. Uh, so she's the big 7-0. And uh, that means a lot to people in our family uh, because my mom is a, um, a paraplegic mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to a quadriplegic. Paraplegic, uh, people who are paralyzed from the waist down and they don't uh, pretty much have no uh, function in their legs yeah. or anything below the waist. Uh, no legs, feet. Doesn't, I mean, she can, it, it's hard to explain. She can kind of move them, but yeah. it's not. I don't it's, know the wording. The yeah, it's kind of like, I don't know, like if you're, imagine your leg is asleep. Yeah. You know? And yes. So you're not technically frozen or paralyzed. You can kind of move it, but it's awkward and you have no sensation and no feeling. So anyway, she's a, uh, she's a uh, paraplegic. Um, my point is, with her being 70, um, the, to my knowledge, uh, I think we learned this growing up in my family, or my dad told me this and then I think I... Uh, fact-checked it later in life. But uh, the average lifespan for a uh, paraplegic is 49 years old. Oh, really? Yeah. Because anytime... I really didn't... Wow. Yeah, because the thing is, whenever you have an injury uh, like that, if you're quadriplegic, if you're paraplegic, any, like, big uh, body injury like that, it just welcomes so many other problems. Circulation, Mm -hmm. uh, blood flow, um, bed sores, even my mom yeah. had a bout with bed sores a few years ago, and those things can get infected and they grow. And so it's just, uh, yeah, respiratory issues. Um, and then, of course, uh, more superficial issues, not even superficial, but um, what's the word? Like orthopedic, like she's had re- knee replacements. Oh, yeah. She's hip been in the hospital so many, so many, how many surgeries? She's had, she had? it's somewhere in the mid 20s of, wow. of actual surgery. She's been put under, put asleep. Uh, 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 anesthesia, twenty uh, something times, and these are not elected. And these are not elective surgeries, <laughs> like uh, like your friend Barbara, who has had twenty something elective surgeries. <laughs> that is insane, that though. Twenty something, twenty something times. Yeah, twenty uh, something wow. times. Um, just big things. Just, I mean, I can't even list them all off, but. Um, and she, you grew up with that, so yeah, you were I at the hospital a lot. My mother uh, was in this condition when she had me, so I've never known anything but uh, 
mom in a wheelchair. Okay. So uh, the backstory there is uh, 21 years old, uh, the prime of her life. Think about being 21. Think about oh. how Blow excited. Blowjob shots, am I right? Think about how <laughs> <Sorry>. excited. Uh, <laughs> excited and arrogant and confident and just how exciting that yeah. time of your life is. Like, because you still have that youth that you had in your teenage years, oh. but now you're a legal adult. You're no longer a teenager. You get to put a tab on a bar. Like, yeah. open up a tab mm-hmm. at a bar. That's a big one. That was a big deal for me. Yeah. Uh, oh. But just think about how exciting life was at 21. and, and TGI Fridays. The you go there. Daydreaming about <laughs> your future. You got all these goals and all these plans, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to marry this person. I'm going to have a house. I'm going to have kids. I'm going to do, do everything. Um, when I was 21, I was... I was a good dude, but boy, I was I was I was confident. Oh Lord, <laughs> I, I can only confident. imagine you at twenty one. I was very I sure of myself. Was not. Uh, I <laughs> cried, but that's okay. We're different. <laughs> twenty one years old. She's. Uh, I'm trying to think if she. I think she's in cosmetology school. Oh yeah, she wanted. Yeah. She is a hairdresser. Yes, at this time she was either had just become one or was training to be. No, she had. She was one. She had finished cosmetology school. She was working as a hairdresser and had plans to. She was going to buy the hair salon that she worked at from the owner. I think the owner was a lady who was probably wow. trying to retire or move or something. But there was something in the works where at 21, mom was about to not only become a hairdresser but to own her own salon. So uh, she had her own apartment and uh, just, just the kind of the, uh, not even the prime, like the pre-prime, like that, that just life is just getting started. And uh, 21 years old, she's got a boyfriend or just some dude. She's a babe, by the way. Yeah, she is. <laughs> babe alert. So true. Yeah, babe, she's, babe, she's babe, a, babe, she's babe, 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 um, but she's got some dude, I don't know if this dude was her boyfriend or just an acquaintance or whatever, but she's riding on the back of a motorcycle with some dude. They're going somewhere. They're driving on, uh, for people who know the location, the terrain, uh, Marietta, Georgia, um, Highway 41, um, up above, like, yeah, I guess that would be Marietta, Marietta, Kennesaw, where Marietta, um, segues into Kennesaw, Georgia on, on old Highway 41, uh, so th- this is, this would have been, she was born in 49, so this would have been around, um, 1970. Okay. 69 or 70. Oh, that's, that's a great year. Yeah. I'm assuming. <laughs> <laughs> but she's riding on the back of this motorcycle with a dude and a lady, uh, pulled out in front of him, ran a yield sign, didn't yield. She's, this lady's coming <sighs> off a side road onto 41, didn't yield, um, Driver of the motorcycle had to swerve real dramatically, and it flung mom off the back of the motorcycle. Oh, my gosh. She went flying through the air and smacked the pavement Ah. and broke her back and has been a paraplegic ever since at 21. Nancy, that's so uh, hard. Broke her back, messed up her spine, and lost all functionality of her limbs below the waist. Spent the next... uh, What happened to the driver uh, of the motorcycle? I don't know that whole story. Okay. I I think he survived. I don't think... Okay. She would have definitely included, you know, if if he perished in that accident, she would have shared that detail when telling the story uh, several times growing up. But um, no, I I don't think he died. Um, So yeah, I I don't know what happened to him. The old lady didn't even get a ticket. The lady driving the car didn't even get a ticket. Uh, oh no! Mom spent, um, I want to say, eight months 
face down on a gurney in, wow. a, in Kennestone Hospital. What? Yeah. Yeah, if I got the details right. Eight See? months she was in Kennestone Hospital in Marietta, Georgia. And because I don't know the medical reasons, but she was face on her belly on a gurney for eight months. I did not know that. Then when she got released from why, there... I'm so sorry to interrupt, yeah. but why... Why? Oh, because of her broken back, she had to be face mm-hmm. down? Yeah. To just to heal it, I, I suppose? Yeah, wow. they, they did what? surgery. Um, but yeah, I remember that detail that she spent several months, I think it was eight months, uh, just face down on a gurney. What are they doing over there? Yeah. They don't need to do that. What is this, Frankenstein? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> then when she finally was able to leave that place, the hospital... She went down to Warm Springs, Georgia, to uh, what was the name of that place? It was some medical rehab facility oh, okay. that yeah. specialized in uh, quadriplegics and paraplegics. It's the same place that um, uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt went to get uh, treatment for his polio. That's the blanket guy? Yeah, the blanket guy. <laughs> the second <laughs> Roosevelt president. The one who married Ooh. his fifth cousin. Whoops. Um, yeah, so he went down there in the 30s or 40s to uh, seek treatment for his polio because uh, Warm Springs, Georgia, uh, is named that because they have these natural warm springs. Oh, I love that. So people go sit in the actual warm, like hot water. Hot springs. And yeah, and it's therapeutic. So. Ooh. And they built a uh, rehab center down there. So she spent about another eight or nine months down there. Wow. And uh, just, just, she tells stories of just how depressing that was. I mean, imagine... So eight months in the hospital, mm-hmm. then eight in this rehab Eight or nine place. at the rehab center. Oh, my yeah. goodness. And just, but just imagine if you're just... And, and mom was a go-getter. She was, uh, in addition to being a hairstylist, she was a, um, a rodeo rider. Yeah, that is crazy. I don't think she performed in any actual rodeo. She was training to be a barrel racer. She loved horses. Wow. She had her own horse. She's oh. obsessed with horses. And she... Was a barrel racer, a like cowgirl. the little slalom, you know? <laughs> You've seen that? On, I don't know. The what a, what's a slalom? Well, the slalom, like slalom. is like in skiing when they oh, weave in and out yes, of the yes, cones. Yes. Okay. The barrel racing is the same technique, I think, oh. where they, uh, I think they either in weave and in and out or they run down to one barrel and slam a U-turn and run back. Anyway, but I'm sure they got oh, different that is courses. Cool. But like high speed agility horse racing, basically. Oh my not, gosh. You're not racing against other people, but I think you're racing against who can get the best time. Um, but yeah, she was all into that. That's amazing. But just imagine at 21 with all that gusto and all that, uh, you know, I'm going to get this stuff done and, and, and just, just the anticipation mm-hmm. of a life in front of you. Mm-hmm. Like I, I do that now I'm 42 and I still daydream about yeah. what what I'm going to do five years from now, 10 years from now, you know, but imagine being 21 and you got all these dreams you got all these hopes, and you got all this enthusiasm and this gusto for life, and then er, immediately that's taken away from you. And that is such a, I mean, I can't even imagine. That's such a life-changing, it, it, I don't know, I'm not trying to say, oh, well, if you, if you were like sick with cancer or something, or if there was like something and you were going down in an illness, that would be so hard too. But that that would almost be something you could like cope with in a way. Well, you could see that coming a little yeah. bit. Yeah, you know, once you got diagnosed or whatever. The, but but the, this was so fast. The instant, just the the immediate change, just literally on a dime, boom! Now you're paralyzed. Now your life's changed forever. Oh, I can't believe in that. one second. I mean, that's hard. If that think I about can't. think about something like that happening to you at 21, and it it knocks you out for a month. 
Like it, it puts you out of commission or whatever. You, you can't work for a month. You can't. Oh, are you kidding? Friend. I was like, out for 17 days yeah. and I created like a one woman show for four years. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yes, Imagine I getting sidetracked for a couple <laughs> of weeks or therapy. a month at that age. Yeah. Much less like, okay, your life is forever changed. Wow. And uh, a lot of the things that she wanted to do, she can no longer do. Uh, but to her credit, um, you know, I won't go through her whole life story, but this, this all happened pre-kids and pre-marriage and pre, you know, to her credit, she, uh, she figured out, I'm trying to think what she did once she got out of the hospital. I think, um, yeah, I mean, she, she went back to work. She didn't, once she was physically able to, uh, she, she got in a wheelchair, um, then uh, she got uh, hand controls on her car. Oh, that's so cool. Where, you know, the, you got hand levers that operate the gas and the brake because your feet don't work. Yeah. Um, and I think she moved out of her parents. I mean, she she was living by herself or with a roommate. She was out of her parents' home when this happened. I think once she got out of the hospital, once she got out of the rehab center, she went back to her parents' house for a short time, but then got her own apartment wow. you know, soon after that. Got a job. She's working at a lumber Hell company. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she worked at West Lumber Company in Marietta, Georgia. What did she do? Uh, she was like a secretary or, or, or receptionist. She answered phones, handled the office stuff. That's but awesome. uh, yeah, 22, 23, uh, in a wheelchair, and then still found her way back to her own life, back to a job, back to her own apartment. And then a couple of years later, met my dad. And uh, yeah, here we are. And uh, I, I'll, I might as well throw that out there. Uh, <laughs> I told this on the Boogie Monster about my dad. What, what the coolest oh, line yeah. anybody has ever said? Uh, dad asked mom to marry her. Yeah. And um, and backstory, she had she had already had my brother from an, from mm-hmm. another marriage. You know, didn't work out. Whatever. But she had so here she is. She's like twenty five. Yeah. She's got one kid who that dad's that kid's dad has bounced, and uh, she's in a wheelchair. And my dad asked her to marry her, and uh, she's she's like, oh, you don't want to do that. You, know, you don't want to marry me. I got my own wheelchair. I got a kid. My dad said, the only thing I want to change about you is your last name. Good one. How, how Good one, Don Stone. Gosh. Married my mom and adopted my brother in the same day. I. How cool is that? Yeah, pretty rad. Yeah, dad's like, I don't care if you're in a wheelchair. I don't care that you already have a son. Let's get, let's get married. Only, one of, only thing I want to change about you is your last name. So anyway, um, so yeah, there we are. But along the way, like we said, like 20-something surgeries, uh, almost died several times from just various. When I was oh, 10 man. years old, she almost died. Uh, from She got some infection. Some surgery led to some infection. She got super sick, septic something. Oh, septic shock. Yeah, literally almost died. No, that's a big thing. That's like, like when your poo goes in your body, you know? I, I'm not trying to be yeah, gross. I'm I not think... sure how that works. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a it's huge. That's a huge deal. But I didn't notice it at the time. But looking back now, I remember she was in the hospital then for like a month, like when I was in fifth grade. A month? Yeah, she's in the hospital for a month, and I didn't really pick up on all the nuance at the time. But now looking back, there were times where Dad was basically telling me and my brother, "Hey." There's a chance mom might not come home. How did he say that to I you? I can't guys? remember how he said it. He didn't just say it that blatantly, but like it, that month that she was completely out of the house in the hospital about to die, I just remember, you know, him just saying things that like, yeah. I, my point is, Preparing I had, I had no idea how bad it was at the time. Gotcha. And then years later, I was like, oh, that's what he meant. That's what almost happened. Totally. Um, 
then six years ago, got bladder cancer. I remember that. Had her bladder removed. Beat that. I mean, this is a tough <laughs> she broad. She is so tough. Well, and <laughs> you would never know. Yeah, you would never know because complain. she is the happiest, sunshiniest human. Mm-hmm. She makes me look shy. She is the greatest, like, bright, shining light. Yeah, she human. keeps a fairly positive attitude. And that's oh, yeah. something that um that's something that has helped me throughout my life as far as um my dad was good at instilling this and using my mom as an example of like, hey, be thankful for what you do have, because it could always be worse. Yeah. You know, we we were not allowed to just sit around and complain in my house. Oh yeah. Like I was not allowed like I'm not, you know, now you gotta be careful with you know, uh masculinity and all that. That's a different time. But it's just um, a different time. No, not that my dad was like a like a big dumb meathead, but he was <laughs> we just weren't allowed, you know, we just were not allowed to just sit around and complain about stuff or, yeah. or to feel sorry for yourself. That's a yeah. better description. We weren't allowed to sit around and feel sorry for ourselves because it's like, hey, look over there at your mom. She can't walk. She'll never be able to walk and she's not sitting around feeling and of course, she would. She would if she were here right now in this conversation. She would admit, you know, she's not perfect. I mean, you know, she has her good days and her bad days. You know, like we all do. Right. But my point is, most of her pity, her self pity, and her woe is meisms, she keeps to herself. Yeah. You know, as opposed to we all know that person who every time you see them, there's just something else is wrong. Oh. This is wrong and that's yeah, wrong. Yeah, we do. And some people avoid Boo-hoo. them like the yeah. plague, like myself. Uh, she's not that lady. She's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, and she's, if anybody has something to complain about, it would be her because she's always got a laundry list of problems, like physical ailments, things yeah. of that nature, but just trudges forward. But uh, yeah, so happy Mother's Day, Mom. And she's so artistic, too. Yeah. She's a cross-stitching queen. She loves to cross-stitch. Oh, my gosh. And, like, you walk into her house. When I first met her, I remember just the decor was just the cutest, mm-hmm. most kind, amazing. Like, I just felt so welcome. And it was so pristine and clean. And I just... And she was like, oh, yeah, I did it all myself. And yeah. I'm like, what? Yeah. Just... You didn't. You didn't have to go to like Ethan Allen or something. No, <laughs> like she, she is makes, really talented. A lot of that stuff is is slacked off over the last few years, just because she is getting a little older and you know arthritis and things of that nature. But uh, growing up, she made baskets. She made wow. hand woven baskets. Uh, she used to make these uh, little bunnies. She 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 sews. She's great on the um, uh, what do you call it sewing machine? Yeah, because she has to make all most of her own clothes. She buys her own shirts. She buys shirts and stuff off the rack uh, from stores, but her pants, bless you, her pants, because she has to wear these braces and always sitting in the chair, she's always uh, complained that uh, pants don't fit her right. So she has always made her own pants. She, so she just buy fabric and get on that sewing machine and zip, zip, And zip, that zip, is make, amazing. Makes her own pants. So she used to make these little bunnies, like doll, like oh. stuffed animal bunnies. <laughs> You know, <laughs> That's so big cute. Big floppy-eared like bunnies. Like just stu- stuffed animals, yeah, but like... basically a stuffed animal, yeah. How uh, cute. And then she'd stuff it with, you know, stuffing little Where fabric. would she sell them? And uh, she would just sell them to friends and stuff. Oh, this was like pre-Etsy. That. Oh, man, if Etsy was around 30 years ago, Ooh. my mom would probably have an empire. Yeah, she would. Because <laughs> she, she, she used to make baskets. She used to make uh, bunnies. What else would she do? She did all kinds of stuff. Uh, she used to paint. Wow. Uh, just all kinds of crap, but yeah. So she um, she kept herself 
you know, be, and she got into all that stuff because she said there's so much I can't do. Mm-hmm. You know, she can't play sports. She can't right. go ride a bike. She can't go roller skating. So she focused on the things she could do, the artistic or the craft related stuff that she what could do. What an amazing do. human. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I think anything else interesting about my mom? Uh, <laughs> Everything. She is hilarious, <laughs> and she's a Spitfire too. Oh she, boy! Uh, I, I know remember I, Christmas. I get my stubbornness from her. Is that Christmas Eve sure. when she almost bust a table? Yeah, yeah. We were at Waffle House. That was just Christmas Eve. <laughs> we were at Waffle that. House in uh, Georgetown, Indiana, or that may have been New Albany. I don't know the next town over, but uh, yeah, you and me and her and uh, my brother and my nephew. We're all at the Waffle House, and as you can imagine, it's bumping on Christmas Eve. Oh, yeah. And they were completely understaffed. They had a full (laughs) house of customers and, like, four employees. And there was this one table that had been unoccupied for, like, 20 minutes. And we were just staring at it like hawks. But it was dirty. It hadn't been bust, but the customers had long gone. And we were just sitting there staring at this thing. And finally, she just went over there and bust the table. <laughs> She's grabbing she like, dishes she grabbed and plates. grabbed a rag. And and just yeah. like, I was like, all right, we're going over yeah, there. Yeah. Right on, so Nancy. she doesn't wait around for stuff to get done. She's a go-getter. But, uh, yeah, glad to have her still with us uh, for yet another Mother's Day. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, going back to last week, you know, Thank thinking you. of you on Thank this day as well. I know it's got to be tough for you and everybody who's lost their mothers. Yeah, uh, to all those that, like, don't have moms... Uh, I'm sorry, and I hope today's okay. Oh, well, it's Monday on the, but you know what I mean. I hope Mother's Day's okay. And also, I'm just so grateful. I felt my mom like all day today. Just, I just feel her spirit. Really? I know that sounds all like hippy dippy, but <laughs> I, I just felt like doing mom things. Uh-huh. And my mom always did. Uh, so I dropped off like this, like cinnamon peel apart loaf from an amazing bakery to my aunt Joni, who is literally the greatest human ever. And my mom loved her. And I got to see my dad and nephew. And I don't know, it was just such a cool day. Like it was just, you know, when you just feel good about mm-hmm. yourself, like I wasn't sad at all. Oh, that's great. So I don't know. It just, and I have so many amazing mother figures that I've been texting all day. Like, thank you. You've taught me how to love. Yay. Um, so yeah, but anyway, it is hard day. It is hard day. I forgot how to talk, but, <laughs> <laughs> but thank right. you. Happy Mother's Day. Uh, oh, I love it. I forgot how to pick out a chair that doesn't squeak. I know. We're just, oh, we're learning. <laughs> we're doing it. But uh, how's everything else going? Good week for you there, Boo? Boo, it's been great. I, I, I can't tell you how happy I am. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I got to do another Corrine thing, a mom thing. Okay. Um, I got to go and visit Target, one of my favorite places in you the whole world. Target so mom much. and me would always go to Target, and it's the greatest thing. Um, and I got you a present, which I am so proud of. And I know you're not a mother, but I got uh-huh. you basically a Mother's Day present. Yeah. The porch chair. You we sure do did. not have a porch. No, we got a <laughs> stoop. Our our building is if you could think of like the classic um I mean it's not as nice, but like the classic like Brooklyn style brownstone. Yeah, like a walk up. But it's um it's a what a quadplex. So it's Yeah. If it were one house or one building, it would be fairly impressive, you know. Oh, like oh, yeah. oh yeah, one big house, but it's divided up into four apartments. What if you were like it's divided up into <laughs> 300 apartments? <laughs> <laughs> two upstairs, two downstairs. So we don't really have a front porch per se, but there is there's a a stoop. 
A little area. A little yeah, little a area. little stoop. Mm-hmm. So about four steps and then about a uh, 20 feet wide by four feet deep little concrete slab stoop. That no one would probably sit at ever mm-hmm. if they lived here other than... Mr. Dave Stone. Mr. Well, Dave Stone. Well, I'm, I'm, I was actually kind of ashamed of myself that uh, we've been living here about three months now. It's been about three. I don't. Yeah, about three months. Four? Mm. No, three. Um, been living here with regards. Three or four months we've been living here. And it just now, this week, dawned on me, hey, why don't you take your camping chair, yeah. stick it outside on the stoop, and chill out and watch the neighborhood? I don't I can't believe you haven't thought of that before. I don't know why I haven't thought of that. I just didn't that. think you wanted to be outside, maybe. No, I, I love being outside. And that's the thing. That's the only problem with this apartment is we don't have our own backyard or we don't have a back deck or front porch. But I just started thinking about that stoop. I'm like, oh, I could put my little camping chair right in front of our door yes. and not disrupt the other three doors, the other three neighbors. And uh, yeah, the other day, man, I... <laughs> I had some edibles, and I just whipped out the old camping chair, and I put in some podcasts on my earbuds, and boy, I was just loving life. You love a camping chair. So much fun to just sit out on your porch. Yeah. I mean... I'm a man of simple pleasure. You really are. I just want to sit somewhere. (laughs) And I, like, smeared sunscreen on you, because I was like, don't get nerd, don't get sunburned. Um... (laughs) Yeah, you were a little, well, the thing is, is it's fine, but then you became kind of like a crossing guard. I don't know what was happening. There was a lot of commotion. No, no, I was trying to help my neighbor (laughs) uh, find a parking spot. I was holding a parking space for a guy. Okay, that's actually nice. So our other, one of our neighbors, he... That's the other thing about sitting out on the stoop. You get to chat up the neighbors as they come in. chatting away. So our one neighbor, uh, John... He had come home, and he's like, ah, I, he had to rush home real quick because he was parked in a motorcycle spot. And he goes, ah, I parked there for a couple minutes. I'm probably going to get a ticket. So like 10 minutes later, he went out to get to fetch his car and find a better spot. Well, right when we were doing that, a guy right in front of me was leaving. So we, he was talking him up like, hey, are you leaving? And the guy's like, yeah. And he, he was like, hey, can you wait five minutes? And that guy was like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Understandably so, that guy was like, uh, no. So I was like, go on, man, I got it. So I was, I went and stood in the spot, physically stood in the spot to hold it for John. Oh, that's and nice. And then while I'm holding it for John, our other neighbor, Ron, he I, he's pulling up. And he sees me standing there. He goes, you, "Is this one taken?" I was like, "Yeah, sorry, Ron." I'm, you know, in Sean any and Ron. in a, any other context, Ron, you could totally have this spot, but I don't want to betray our other neighbor, John, because I already told him I'd hold it for him. And Ron was understand. Was ah, oh, no problem. But yeah, so I was doing a little little yeah. uh, parking lot police out there. Yeah, yeah, so that was fun. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, just so weird. Yeah, and it's um, it's it's. My daytime version of my uh, neighborhood watch. Yeah. At night, I'll go out and sit in my car and watch the neighborhood. Or stand on the stoop and eat a ham sandwich. Uh, Wait, I'm sorry. Did you actually go and stand on the stoop and eat a ham sandwich? I didn't tell you about that. I talked about that on the Boogie Monster. When you're asleep, (laughs) when you're asleep, uh, a lot of times... I will go out. uh, Remember a couple weeks when I was really into my ham phase? Oh, boy. Um, A lot of ham. 
a lot of times lot I'll go out late at night and get a breath of fresh air out on the stoop, <laughs> and instead of smoking a cigarette, oh, no. I'll just eat a half of a hand sandwich. <laughs> well, that's better so, for you. But I'm out there Is like it? the same way a I, smoker <laughs> would, would unwind for a few minutes and take in the night air. I'm out there with my half a ham sandwich. <laughs> and you just... So you take your sandwich and you just go out there? Yeah, I go out there and I stand and I watch. I do neighborhood watch and I eat my sandwich. I don't you know, at night I mean, it's neighborhood watch. See, that's the thing. That's what I like about the daytime stoop sitting because it's neighborhood watch, but it's less ominous. It's less, you yeah. know. You know, I just look like a weirdo sitting on my porch. But at night, it's you, that weird it's guy like, that eats a sandwich yeah, what's outside. That <laughs> what is he doing? But you gotta. <laughs> You gotta uh, keep an eye on this neighborhood. I'm, you know, I've already got. So we got a couple investigations uh, oh, currently boy. ongoing yeah. uh, with this one blonde guy who's uh, stealing my neighbor's tool bag and looking into cars and stuff. He he showed up on uh, next door app today. Somebody took a picture of that dude uh, looking into cars. Oh my gosh! So that guy's not welcome back here. If I see him, I'm gonna have to give him a criminal trespass warning. Uh, but oh, my boy. point is, yeah, you got me a nice. I had in my old stupid camping chair. Well, you got me <laughs> a two-seater lawn chair. Yeah. Imagine. It's uh, a foldable. Uh, imagine the classic foldable lawn chair. Now, when I say camping chair, I have the collapsible camping chair yeah. that, that goes into its little sheath, its little bag, and, you know, it's good and for camping. And that is impossible to store anywhere <laughs> in an apartment. But imagine <laughs> so. the classic foldable lawn chair with the, like, the nylon weave. Yeah. You know, um... But you got me that, but it's twice the size. Yeah, it, there's there's no weight capacity. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't that, say I didn't say that mean. No, I understand. I, no. But that is something I do have to <laughs> take into consideration now, now that I'm a big boy. I gotta okay. get the two fifty plus camping chair. Um, but this this <laughs> this looks like uh, a, a lawn chair for two people or one it's really a couch. fat. Person. It's like a little couch. It looks like a, a, a lawn chair love seat. <laughs> it's a two seater lawn chair. So Okay, here's why I love it. Uh-huh. I thought, okay, cool. You get to sit on it. You don't have to worry about the whole, is this big enough or whatever. Because chairs, by the way, are very small for singles. I'm a very large lady myself. I have a hard time with chairs. Anyway. You're not large. But I'm just saying, I'm tall. You're tall. And it's just hard to... Boy, you know. if I called you large. <laughs> <laughs> I would cry and go this cut myself my in the bathroom. This is my large fiance, <laughs> Katie. Tall. Um... But yeah, on it, you can put something next to you. So mm-hmm. like you're sitting on that chair. Hey, I have my purse. I don't want to get bored, you know? So yeah. I'll have my Celsius there, uh-huh. sparkling water, nail polish. I could put my phone there. You could put a lot of things on the chair is what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, I like that. My snacks <laughs> and yeah, my books. And... Right there. But yeah, so that's been fun to do. Because I have been complaining for several weeks, like with this quarantine, uh, I'm so jealous of people who have a house and, and some a land and a backyard and a porch and a deck and a grill. Um, so that's the only thing I've really been depriving or been deprived of during this quarantine is, is outdoor time. I mean, I'll go out. We walk Charlie and about twice a week I'll go out and do my cardio. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'm not laughing at that. It's just, <laughs> it should be more, but I get out of it. Well, I, I, I get about two or three really good. good long walks a weekend. Should be every day. But um, yeah, the thing I've really been missing is just sitting outside, enjoying the weather, enjoying the neighborhood. And uh, now I can do that. You know what I've been missing? My mom. That's, uh, I was so excited to say that. Yeah. <laughs> 
You're great at parties. <laughs> I was so excited. Okay. All Sorry right, about something that. else we need to talk about. Oh, no. Too, boo. All right. I didn't oh, here we up. go. We're well, going to bring this up now. I... Cool. Okay. Boo, how can I say this? If you love me, well, I I've changed your me. life. Uh-huh. We're going to get married. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Let's do voicemail. You <laughs> are a klutz. Oh, yeah. Would you agree with that? Mm-hmm. 100%. You're, you're, you're very clumsy. Yeah. You're you're beautiful and hilarious, but Thank no one you. would cons- no one would ever accuse you of being graceful. No, I never did ballet or anything. I uh, <laughs> wasn't. I'm not coordinated. Yeah, you're coordination's not coordinated. hard. Got to coordinate. Coordinate. <coughs> yeah. So two nights ago, I'm sitting on the couch. <laughs> I'm watching my UFC. Yeah, your UFC. Uh, you're enjoying your time, and I'm enjoying my time. And uh, you're, you've been on a big closet kick. Oh, lately. guys, I have been organizing my dick off. We got <laughs> this. We got a little bitty <laughs> closet in our bedroom that you've let me have access to. And then we have a huge walk in closet in the living room. Yes, and it's and, huge. Uh, you've turned it that is. into your personal closet. Which it's is a little fine. Katie closet. Uh-huh. A little, little place I could hide, but run to. The other night, put my shoes in. It looked like. A small tornado had gone through the closet, just the closet, and it, like it looked like a tornado had gone through it. So there's just shit everywhere. Well, which there, is fine. Yeah, you're you're not your closet, your business. Okay, right? that's fair. Yeah, but a lot of the stuff on the ground it was in pile. It was in organizing piles. In piles, but then there was a lot of fair. like metal toolboxes. <laughs> yeah, well, that's. Because I didn't know where to put those. And there were there was hammers on the ground. There was well, a lot of dangerous stuff on the ground. Then you're standing on two different chairs. One was to get higher, and the other one was to keep me stable. So you got your left foot on one chair, your right foot on another. Nowhere to stand or step on the actual ground. Shit is just thrown everywhere. By the way, I did have a place. Uh I had, there was, remember like where the comforters kind of were? There was like a little cushion. If I jumped, Mm. I could, like one foot could fit. So you're standing on two different chairs. So now you're four feet off the ground. Yeah. Just hazards everywhere. Okay. If you were to fall. Or, you know, just organizing. So then you take a full-size chest of drawers. (laughs) It's not full-size. It would be three. It's just three drawers that happen to be made of wood. This drawer system (laughs) that's about three feet wide by four feet tall, (laughs) made of oak... Yeah. Heavy as shit. You then, while you're standing on two different chairs, you decide to lift that. Yeah. Your your, your goal was to take that from the ground yeah. and to stick it up on the top shelf so you could have this little chest of drawers up on a shelf. Yeah, I needed them up on the shelf. Which I appreciate in terms of spatial economy. Yeah, see? But this thing weighed about 80 pounds, and you left <laughs> all your clunky, hard... <laughs> Heels and boots, boots and wedges. There's all these. There's oh my gosh! Thank you so much for thinking I have wedges. I do not. Twelve pair of shoes inside off. this thing. Right. Okay. Then there's another pair of boots on the shelf that you're trying to juggle this thing up on. And I look over there, and Boo, you are so lucky. There was about four or five different things that could have gone wrong, all resulting in. Mysterious bodily injury. But if this was an aluminum foil factory, you would have either been fired on the spot okay. or you'd spend the next three days 
in a classroom taking watching safety videos. Okay. You Can have I- violated so <laughs> many safety right. safety rules. I hear you, and I thank you for helping me mm-hmm. when it kind of fell out of my hands and it almost dropped to the ground. Listen, first of all, organizing is an art form. I don't know if anyone loves organizing, but I do. Am I good at it? No. Am I learning? Yes. So you got to, you know, just like cooking, you got to try stuff. Sure, it looked messy, but in my head, it was organized. I had my tennis shoes in one area. I had the tool area and that weird, you know, by the tennis shoes. I had it all worked out. And boo, those were my A shoes. Oh, You're right there, see, look at you. <laughs> Just Knocking stuff off the chalkboard <laughs> as we speak. Good Lord. Okay, so you have A shoes. Those are your fancy shoes that you don't really like go use them that much. So that's why they had to be placed above, very high. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I just made myself a little shoe, shoe, what is it? Organizer. (laughs) If you would have fallen, in the same motion, you could have broken your neck and impaled yourself on a screwdriver. Yeah, well, here's the thing. It was stupid of me to keep the shoes inside my Katie made shoe rack. Mm -hmm. However... That was the problem because they started to pour out onto my head, mm-hmm. and then you had to come help. But I wasn't going to bother you. You were watching your thing. Boo, you're a liability. <laughs> what am I supposed to think next time I go on the road and leave you at I'm home? Are we going to have to get a dog sitter for you? No. We don't need a Katie sitter, by the way. It would be a Katie sitter because I'm not a dog. You're not a dog. Um, no, I. Here's the thing. I don't think you've ever seen me organize in person. Mm-hmm. You're always on the road, and then I reorganize everything, mm-hmm. which is awesome. But sometimes that happens. You find yourself in this situation when you're just, you know, feeling like making a shoe shelf, putting it up nine feet, and it falls. That happens in the organizing world. Organizers know this, Boo. See, you're just not an organizer. Boo, you were doing some... <laughs> okay. You look like a, a high-wire high walker. You were doing some circus shit in there. You literally were using two different chairs to stand on, both of which were very flimsy, wobbly chairs. Well, I thought that one was good, the, no. the wood one. This is the same problem you have in the kitchen, Boo. I just got through praising your scramble skills. Thank you so much. But and over, then we could just take that compliment but and not overall, ruin it with a bus. <laughs> but, but you're uh-huh. so, your safety skills, boo, the way you handle well, knives. Well, we aren't in a Costco. This is an apartment. You're always having knives slip out of your hands and fall on the floor. I don't have knives slip out. When yeah. do I do that? Oh, well, when I when I cut apples. Yeah. But I like to cut apples. I like oh, that. Don't get me started <laughs> on the way you cut apples. <laughs> I don't cut them in the kitchen. I cut them on while, a wobbly I'm, plate. while I'm sitting on the couch. Hey, let me get your sharpest knife and your worst wobbly plate, please. <laughs> I'm going to make some apple slices. I'll cut the apple, and then I'll take the knife and poke it. And then chew it off the knife. Yes, then you, yeah, you use the sharp knife yeah. as a fork. That way it's less dishes. Oh, boy. <laughs> I just worry about you, Boo. I understand. Boo, I get it. You're worried about me. I'm worried about me. <laughs> Who isn't worried about me? <laughs> just kidding. No one. I don't care. But yes, I just, will work on that. Just be careful. And believe me, look, though, now we have an organized closet. It all worked out, mm-hmm. you know? That's true. Sure, I could have died, mm-hmm. but it would have been worth it. 
Because you would have had that shoot rack. That's true. (laughs) In a parallel universe, when I sit around and think about the tragic, painful death of the woman I love, at least I can go, well, at least I have a shoe rack. Yeah. So Made by me. Well done. Yes. Rest in peace. <laughs> this is the Stonebergs podcast. I'm Dave Stone. I'm Katie Stramberg. Stoneberg. Get it? Aren't we clever? Yay. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, didn't do any voicemails last week because of the uh, special tribute to your mother. So I uh, thought we'd get back into some voicemails Let's this week. Let's get back into it. Let's do it. We appreciate you guys calling uh, the... the the, I was going to say hotline. I like it's not that. A hotline. It's a hotline. The it hotline's hot. open 24-7 at 562-548-2012 in that order. And you guys can call anytime and you can chat us up about anything. Anything. Any questions you may have, any comments. Just a comment or just to say hello, sing a song. Whatever's on your mind, whatever's in your heart, let us know. So let's, uh, let's get to it, shall we? Heck yes. Hey, David, Katie, how's it going? It's Andrew from New Mexico. I was going to ask a question today. Uh, I smoked my first. I used today, I guess. I cooked four racks of ribs. But uh, two weekends from now for Mother's Day, I'm going to cook some brisket for my mom and my grandma. I was wondering if you had any tips for smoking brisket. Thanks a lot, and I love your guys' show. Have a good day, and keep on making the great content. Bye. And if it's one thing you can depend on the Stonebergs for, it's a timely response. <laughs> I was just thinking, sorry, Poor Andrew. Andrew. <laughs> it's almost as if he knew he was going to have to out us because he's like, two weeks from today on Mother's Day, yeah. I'm going to smoke some ribs. No, Andrew, and I am sorry. we're airing this the day after Mother's Day. Who knows? They could be celebrating it later due to quarantine. <laughs> we don't know. Yeah. Sorry, Andrew. Well, he would have included that in there. <laughs> Andrew, I'm sorry, buddy. Uh, this this advice will probably do you no good, uh, seeing how when you're listening to this, but Mother's Day has come Can I just, gone. before you start smoking, um, yeah. Andrew, make sure you get a bouillon cube mm-hmm. for the brisket. Well, now, get see, it? if he wanted to do it your way, he would need to just get another piece of fish and rub it on the brisket. <laughs> you rubbed beef bouillon on fish. So Katie's brisket oh, would gotcha. have to be, you'd have to get some sort of <laughs> a salmon some, or some sushi or something and just, just rub it on there just to get some of that gross fish taste <laughs> on your beef. All right. Uh, I get it now. <laughs> Andrew, I'm sorry, buddy. Uh, I hope that they turned out okay. Uh, I love smoking ribs. I love smoking brisket. Brisket is is tough. Brisket is the most challenging of all the meats to smoke uh, because it's, it's just very, um, it's very... Temperamental. Hmm. Yeah. Why is that? It just is. Brisket itself is not a good cut of meat. That's why most barbecue originates from the lesser cuts that people had to figure out how to make tasty. Hmm. Um, so brisket in and of itself is not a great cut of meat. Therefore, you got to be real careful with it in terms of um, it's easy to dry out, especially if it's a leaner one, oh, yeah. which I hate lean brisket. Oh, By the way, when you go eat brisket at a barbecue, at a good barbecue place, if they serve brisket, they will give you the option of lean or fatty. Um, and if they if you ask that question and they look at you like they don't know what you're talking about, get the hell out of there because that brisket's going to Yeah, suck. I didn't know what you were talking about, and I remember ordering to-go once. Yeah, you got some to-go, lean. lean. I thought it was funny because I thought lean meant little, like slice smaller. Well, well, why do you think that? <laughs> I don't know. Tell me how you got to that I'm not conclusion. a meat person. I mean, I eat it, but I'm not like you. Yeah. 
Sorry about that. Okay. A couple couple tips for brisket. Um, One tip, I like to slather it in yellow mustard Mm. and then put my rub on. Um, That mustard acts as an adhesive. It gives Mm. the uh, rub something to stick to. I don't know if I used adhesive correctly. I think I did. Yeah, Um, I think. And it it imparts some uh, good mustardy flavor, just real subtle mustard tones, that uh, tanginess and tartness. A hint of mustard. mustard. So I like to do that. Um, And another technique that the pros do, Andrew, um, I don't know how long you're smoking your brisket. Uh, Probably should be smoking it about at least 12 hours at around 225, maybe 250. No no more than 250. Um, I like the 225 seems to be the sweet spot. About 12 hours at 225, just ballparking it depending on how much your brisket weighs. Um, but a technique you can do about about three-fourths of the way done, about eight hours into it, you can pull those briskets off, wrap them in butcher paper, then huh. put them back on. Because uh, you, I know it sounds weird, but you don't want too much smoke. You want a lot of smoke. But some of these cuts that require 12, 14, 15 hours uh, to cook, meaning it needs to cook for 12 hours, but it doesn't necessarily need to have 12 hours worth of smoke in it. Hmm. So uh, eight hours is enough smoke, and then you pull it off, wrap it in that butcher paper, and that it does some other, uh, some, some chemistry stuff there, some science in terms of how the meat's, the sweating and all that. It's, it's real confusing, but... Don't be afraid to try the butcher paper technique. About three-fourths of the way through, pull it off, wrap it in butcher paper, put it back. And, of course, you got to let that stuff rest a long time. Um, and in terms of trimming the fat, I think uh, this question was asked on Dave's Kitchen, uh, Boogie Monster Patreon. Use uh, scissors, am I right? Don't use scissors. Okay. <laughs> uh, but you want to keep about uh, about a half-inch, quarter to a half-inch layer of fat where you wherever you have it. The other reason uh, brisket is so hard to cook, boo, is because it's a weird shape. It's kind of like an anvil or a triangle or a, we- a wedge might be a better. Is this a dumb question? What's uh, what part of it? What part? What part the of brisket? The, yeah. Uh, that's not a dumb question at all. I think the brisket is somewhere around the pectoral, so oh, the rib cage okay. or the pectoral, somewhere in there. Of the uh, of the cow, <laughs> I'm just picturing a bunch uh, of cows at CrossFit right now, <laughs> <laughs> working on their pecs. working on their pecs. Um, but the the brisket cut is is like a wedge. Therefore, if you can imagine the the skinny side of the wedge, and then it oh, grows into the gotcha. thick side. That that small side is going to cook a lot faster than the, it. That's the thing when you're smoking meat. It's you want a uniform cut. That way, everything cooks evenly and smokes even even evenly but uh it's huh. hard to do that with the brisket because it's odd shape but yeah wow. so trim uh trim all that fat especially if you've got like a big area where you might have like an inch and a half full of uh, inch and a half thick layer of fat you want to trim that down to about a quarter or a half inch and, and how long does this take again 12 hours about 12 hours on oh average Lord. Yeah. That's barbecue, baby. Yeah, I know. You got to yeah. do easy, it a lot. Everybody be doing it, you know? And be careful with the smoking. Make sure you don't burn anything down. <laughs> Am I right, boo? I don't understand the reference. Me either. Yeah. About the cabin, remember? Yeah. When you smoked the cabin? I smoked the cabin. <laughs> I thought that was going to be so funny. Again, I am killing it today. We're legally not allowed to talk about that. Oh, sorry. Yep. (laughs) 
Crap, we gotta go. Okay, edit that out right away. Moving oh, right along. Sorry. Hey, Dave and Katie. Uh, this is Chad. Uh, I'm calling back. I was the guy from Nashville who asked about the record thing. Um, but Katie, I just wanted to know if you've watched any of the Blind Date episodes on Bravo TV. Uh, my wife has gotten me into reality TV shows and I'm hooked on Blind Date. Um, I do miss Roger Lodge, but that's a whole other thing. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, Hope you guys are doing good, and I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Oh, Chad from Nashville. Okay, Chad, first of all. What did he call about last time? Um, The record, I think it was how you got into records or okay. what one record you would buy. Oh, okay, okay. Right but on. yeah, anyway, Chad, amazing. First of all, no, I have not seen Blind Date, but I am into it. I love it. I love what Bravo's doing right now. The fact that your wife has introduced you to the Bravo universe or reality TV universe. I mean, give her a big hug for me because welcome. Welcome to the family. You know what I mean? It feels like you're just saying, hey, come on in. Um, yes. Okay. Blind Date, I'm going to watch it. I, I, I can't wait. I'm sorry. I've never even seen this, but I'm excited. Um, okay, blind date. Boo, have I made you watch any? <laughs> just so okay, so how any type of reality TV is Dave's version of wait, what am I trying to say? I just don't understand the appeal. Okay, here's what I don't but understand. But Chad took one for the team and now he loves it. Way to go, Chad. Chad, you're a great husband. Here's my question this, okay. before you answer his. <laughs> Okay, even though I don't like this, originally, reality TV, well, not originally, because what was the first reality show? I don't know. Uh, you're 100. I don't know what your first uh, reality world show. Real World Oh, Survivor. yeah, Real World was like the first, which I loved. <gasps> but there for a while, there was a big trend, and I guess there still is. I, I don't, I'm not interested, but I get the celebrity reality show. Okay. The uh, the Osbournes. Hey, I'm a big Ozzy Osbourne fan. Let's see what his everyday life is like. Let's watch his two annoying kids and his annoying wife and I I get it. Even though I don't I would never watch stuff like that. I get Hey, I want to watch in their one with Jam Master J or somebody in Run, right. Runs World. I I, I get that. Hey, here's somebody we know. Here's a celebrity. We only know them uh, in the context of celebrity, let's see what their everyday life is like. What I do not understand okay. is like Real Housewives and whatnot. Yeah, like, here we go. hey, I here's a bunch summer. of women no one's ever heard of, and let's watch them scream at each other for thirty minutes. Okay, that we, I just. What am I missing? We get into this a lot, what am and I so I'm going to go ahead and repeat uh-huh. everything I say to you every okay. time we have this little debate. Uh-huh. First of all, I am a Bravo head. Okay, that means I like. Bravo shows. <laughs> which, are, what are, which is Real Housewives? Real Housewives. And then we have other franchises such as Summer House. Okay, that's the a, one you're into now. Oh, I love Summer House. Oh, guys, get on it. Um, there is Below Deck. There is, I forget what else. Oh, Vanderpump Rules. So there's, but yes, it's the Housewives franchise. Okay. I hear you. I understand what you're saying. Uh-huh. However, I'm not into all of the reality TV. Okay. I think you're lumping it all into that. 
I understand your point of view on the Real Housewives, but to me, these are like goddesses. These ladies are like lifestyles of the rich and famous, but also like dark shit that they talk about because they're going through so much. And it's amazing to see these women like confess because I love the confessionals. I love when they talk to the camera and explain what happened or their point of view. Mm -hmm. It's like um, a soap opera, but live. So I love it. And also, as a woman, I would like to say that it is nice seeing ladies lose their crap Mm -hmm. and be extra angry and extra mad or extra sad because it's like, oh, yeah, we're not these, like, cookie-cutter people. Like, we have all the layers, like the housewives, and I just love them. (laughs) So I get it. I understand your point of view, but come on. Just come on over. What do you find interesting about these ladies? Enough to, like... Everything? Well, such as, like what? <laughs> okay, so I'll give you an example of Bethany Frankel. Mm-hmm. She is a New York housewife, RIP. She's not on it anymore. She's not dead. She's just <laughs> on to other things. Anyway, Bethany is from New York, and she is a survivor. She had a really shitty growing up experience. Okay. Her mom is a real B word, mm-hmm. and she is like a millionaire that owns the skinny girl Margarita. Mm-hmm. She invented it. She's been like, she's just a very like, pit bully type of person. Mm-hmm. And so that's inspiring to me. Like, oh, look, wow. look at her. And and they're not perfect. You get to see all their cracks, and I love it. I just, listen, I understand this has been my happy place yeah. for a very long time. <laughs> no, and, and you made a good point. Uh, it's hard for me to complain about you watching reality shows when I watch a lot of sports. Yeah, it's the same exact it's thing. It's your version of sports. It I, is. I, I, I have my players. I have my MVPs. There are I, teams I don't really care about, but I'll watch it if it's there. I get it. I just hate the, um, well, the storylines are so petty and so stupid. And I'm not talking about your shows. I, re- I did Punch Up for a day years ago. Uh, not to get all industry term. Punch Up is, uh, for those who aren't aware, uh, there's a first draft of a movie, and then it gets oh, punched up. Yeah, like you, you know, make it funnier. Somebody will write the first draft of a screenplay, then they'll hire some comedians to come in and, quote, punch it up, add jokes, make it funnier, make it better, whatever. I did punch up on a reality show about six years ago called uh, The Shed, and Ooh. it was about a family that owned a barbecue restaurant in Mississippi, and I think it's still there. And hmm. when they proposed this to me, I was like, oh, barbecue? Yeah, I'll come and punch that shit up the show takes place at a barbecue restaurant it's a family who owns a barbecue restaurant but there's nothing about barbecue in the show Mm -hmm. they would it was scripted reality meaning they would make the writers and producers would make up storylines and give give these non-actors these uninteresting everyday jackasses they would make them act out these fake storylines, but spin it as if this is real. So I remember that day we talked about some of the storylines included Uncle Jim thinks he's a better dancer than <laughs> Uncle Paul. So Grandma's okay. going to pay for them both to have dance lessons, and then they're going to have a dance contest at the end of the episode, and whoever loses have to move their truck out of the yard. Okay, see, this is why that I don't like this shit. job that yeah. you had, because now it's tainted you forever. Uh, <laughs> I mean, see, that, was, that was a storyline. Okay. So-and-so thinks he's a better dancer than that guy. Now they're going to have a dance contest. There's your fucking episode. Wow. Who's watching this garbage? Well, here's the thing. With 
Bravo franchises, at least, the Housewife franchises, these women, well, especially my two faves, which is New York and Beverly Hills, they, they don't, they're all fucking nuts. Uh-huh. And it's amazing. There's no script. These are just broads that are 40s through 50s, maybe. We don't really know because they're amazing plastic surgeries. And you just get to see their life. So you're not like setting up this fake reality where oh they they have to go to the you know barbecue shop or whatever. It's oh no, you're welcome into my life and yes, they are forced to hang out with each other, but that's kind of the fun of it. Yeah. Like you get to see behind the scenes. It's kind of like real world meets lifestyles of the rich and famous. Let me ask you this. And granted, I don't know what I'm talking about. Okay. And I only judge this from a distance when I see it in my peripheral. Are any of these women, are, are there any of them kind-hearted, righteous women? Yes. Because every time I see it on, it's, they're all screaming at each other, okay. calling each other bitches and sluts. <laughs> Is there any real, genuinely well, interesting and nice people that you could root for? Do you remember when you were growing up and you would beat up your brother or your brother would beat you up? Mm-hmm. It's the exact same thing, except with words. These ladies are just, ang- they're like sisters, and they're angry. I grew up with sisters, and sisters are mean, uh-huh. and they're awful, and they hurt your heart and feelings. But these women aren't <laughs> sisters. Why can't they? And I get oh. that, like, being friendly doesn't equate to good television. No. Yeah, you have to have storylines, but I don't know. I, I, you know what's interesting, Boo? We always do this. No, no, I just, I think and overall, I think it's normalizing shitty behavior. I think little girls watch this oh, and okay. they say, I need to have plastic surgery and I need to be the queen bitch it's and everybody because, else sucks. Well, I, I feel like little girls are watching this getting the bad impression. There are bad reality shows. Uh-huh. I will give you that. I will say that there are bad examples. I personally like this trash TV because usually you get to see their mother's side. They're usually moms or they're working or they're doing something. And if they're not, they are actually made to look like selfish idiots. Uh-huh. Like I like that they look like selfish idiots when they fight at certain times because it's like, oh, that's human behavior. Look, yeah. like don't do that. And also it makes you feel better about yourself. Like, okay, I might be in a fight with my sister or whatever, but look, it could be that much worse. Like those ladies are at a 10, Yeah, you know? Uh, we're never yeah. going to get there, no, that's We're fine. never going to connect on no, this. That's, no, we're not going to connect on it, but uh, I but get, you know I who get does? your perspective. You, do, you know who does? Chad. <laughs> Chad connects with it. Thank God you don't watch this one show. This one show, I was, at a, I was on the road about two years ago, and I was some, in some shitty motel that literally had like seven channels on the cable. Oh, yeah. So I was uh, inadvertently watched a show called Chrisley Knows Best. Do you know this one? Oh my gosh, I've heard of it. What is it? It is so bad. It's this family. Again, it's this family that nobody fucking knows or cares about, (laughs) but hey, let's give them a show. (laughs) Who the hell are the Chrisleys? And it's the Southern family. And the dad is this very stereotypical Southern effeminate guy. Like... And not that it matters. I, you know, we're beyond, we're evolved beyond wondering who's gay and who's not. 
but he's a father and a husband. He's the head of this family, (laughs) and he's gay as he could be. Like, you're a gay man, right? And nope, I'm straight. Like, are you? Not that I care. Ain't sassy. I know it's we're not allowed to speculate anymore, and and truly, it's no one's business, but like, you're gay, right? But no, he's a sassy Southern guy, and he's got two or three teenage kids that are sassy, and his wife is sassy. And they're just always, and it's that fabricated storylines. Like, I, I don't have a specific example, but today we're going to go to the mall and see who can buy the best gift for under $20. Okay. Like, who gives a shit? I have to, okay, I have seen that. And yes, it is boring. Here's the thing. I think there are a lot of bad reality TV shows mm-hmm. that I don't, I don't like them all. Mm-hmm. I really don't. Did you like the Kardashians back in no. the day? No. Yeah. I didn't get into it. I think there's just certain ones that you resonate with. Like, again, the family dynamic stuff, I would, you would think I would love that. But I, I feel like Bravo's really narrowed in on the drama of it and they understand, okay, we have to get interesting people uh-huh. and we have to put them all together and there has to be a commonality. And usually, you, sh- you know, it's not just, hey, that family looks cool. Let's get some cameras. Yeah. They actually think through things. So I think. And they and they really do the thing with the housewife franchise at least. I know guys, I'm a psychopath, but I love them and I want to go to BravoCon. There is a BravoCon, by the way. Really? Uh anyway, with the housewives, I believe that the producers, and I actually do know because I listen to all the podcasts of like housewives and stuff, that they really, really love them. Like it's it's made in a like in in not a hey, look at this person way. Uh-huh. Like certain cities, like the produ- they've been around for like seven years now, so yeah. they're all like connected. It's almost like a play that you do every year for them. So I just love it. I've grown <laughs> up with it. I think it's fun. I think just there's no shame it. in it. And if you like the other stuff, like <laughs> if you're more of a Kardashian head or a what's it, Chrisley knows best head. Um, you know, I, listen, I've gone down weird roads. You know, I, I watched Bethany Frankel's spinoff show, Bethany Ever After, and now she's divorced, and <laughs> I still own it, and I'm proud of it. But listen, indulge. Get into it. Mm. But don't take, have it take over your life when you're just watching it over and over again. Yeah. Oh, that's a little weird. <laughs> but Chad, I'm on it. I will watch Blind Date like it's my job, and I'll get back to you. Yeah, thanks, Chad. hey dave katie um it's josh uh five (laughs) so i called you know a couple weeks ago um first time um i just have to give uh an update doesn't involve food but i started taking dave's um uh pleasure in saying uh there it is and found it whenever uh you know you bust a fart out and I would just like to let you two know that I just got my wife again because I stood up, ripped a big-ass fart, and I said, there it is. And she goes, there what is? I don't like that. Yeah, she's right there, by the way. But I laughed, and I thought you guys would, too. All right, take care, you guys. Keep on killing it. And remember, when I said, call us about anything. That is very much it, and I go. like it. I, yeah. Josh, good for you. You know what? Let those farts fly. I think that inside your home, do what you need. If you need to throw up, do it in front of your significant other. If you need to fart, let it go. You just have to be careful because apparently in public it's rude, said Dave. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Do you know what he's referring to, though? Like 
like there it is. I loved yeah. Whenever I rip a big fart or a burp, I'll, I'll say there it is, and I will say good or, one. Or uh, sometimes I'll be uh, hang on to that. That's a good one. Oh, I've never heard you say yeah, hang, hang on, on to that. that. Uh, there it is, or found it. I like that. <laughs> like I've been so wait, no, <laughs> found it. Mine just kind of gently come out of my body in a cute way. We, we talked about that. Yeah. Do you want, you want to talk about that? Going to farts. Mm-hmm. Your sleepy my time f- farts. I I kind of oh that's Charlie being weird. Um, yeah, I do. Um, in the middle of the night, sometimes I like to say hello to you with my butt. So. You are welcome. <laughs> you scream at me. The other day, you farted in your sleep so loud that I literally thought someone was breaking in the front door. It's and they're 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 aggressive and they're long and it's weird and off putting. I understand that. Uh, in my sleep, I have no control. I understand you getting mad at me when I'm in waking life, which I also fart. And try to get away with many times and blame it on the dog and or cats. But in sleep time, that thing just goes. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> Hold it in? I'm dreaming. Oh, boy. They're loud. They have woken me up before. I've woken myself up from my farts because they're aggressive and they just want to be heard. <laughs> but see, and you, you defend yourself by saying, well, I can't control what yeah. I do in my sleep. My question is... Some of your farts mm-hmm. in your sleep, they sound like like show farts. <laughs> like they sound like you've been training, like you're at a contest. <laughs> like they sound intentional. They have purpose. <laughs> I'm just like, there's no way that could have been an accident. Here's the thing. I hold in a lot mm-hmm. and I don't hold in that much. But I do hold in. What I hold in is probably just like feelings. Like mm-hmm. you stuff them down yeah. and then they just come out whenever. So like farts, my farts just happen to get stuffed down mm-hmm. and then at night they're released. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> I'm never going to have sex again. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for calling, Josh. And Josh, and your wife in the background was my favorite part. Keep on farting, She's buddy. amazing. <laughs> Hi, Katie. Hi, Dave. Um, I am a longtime listener. The Boogie Monster. My name's Emily, by the way, and I'm from Central Pennsylvania. Um, really excited to hear that you guys had a podcast. I think I'm on episode five at this point, um, but really just enjoy listening to you guys banter. Um, same with the Boogie Monster. I enjoy the banter. But my question for Katie and Dave is: um, Do you guys? Is there anything I guess specific that you miss about living in the South compared to living in LA? I know Katie, you're from. Uh, California, but is there anything that surprised you um, visiting the South or being in the South? Um, I grew up in Ohio and went to school in Arkansas, so I definitely miss the food, but um, is there anything specific other than food that you guys might miss about the South? Thanks. Bye. Right on, Emily. Thanks for checking in. Hi, Emily. Thank you. Oh, man. What do I miss about the South? Hmm. Boy, everything. You miss everything. Not everything. You get South sick. Oh, yeah. I miss it. But yeah. not everything. There's a lot I am glad to uh, well, no, you... to not experience. It. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the racism and the stuff. The racism. Yeah. And, <laughs> I mean, the drive-by truckers <laughs> sing about the duality of the Southern thing, meaning, and this is something I've been aware of and dealt with my entire life. I'm proud to be from the South. I'm proud of my Southern heritage. 
There's a lot about Southern culture I enjoy and I'm proud about, but there's a lot about Southern culture I'm not proud about, like yeah. our history, you know, the history, the civil rights stuff, the racist stuff, the closed mindedness, you know, there's so much of that is like, it's so refreshing not to be around it anymore. Yeah. And I, I miss the good parts. I really, I, obviously the food is the first thing that comes to mind. And there's a lot of great people in the South. There's a, there's a, uh, there's just something in the DNA down there that makes most people, not all, but most people from the South uh, are friendly. Oh, they're so friendly. I, I loved it. Yeah. When I first went, I was just like, oh my gosh, everyone's saying hi back. And I miss that because that's not, <laughs> that doesn't exist in many other parts of the, the country, even out here. Like people talk about how chill California is, and it's fairly chill, no. but people aren't friendly. Even neighbors. I got a neighbor in the next building over oh boy, here it goes. who I've said hello to in a friendly tone about five times. <laughs> And every time he just stares at me. I bet that's the guy that has a turtle. And, and the last time I said, I said something back, I was like, hey, how's it going? And he just looked me in the eye and kept walking. And I said something like, well, all righty then. What if he's you know, deaf? That he, that's the only thing I could think okay. of. If he's deaf, okay. then I'll cut him some slack. <laughs> cut him some slack? But, uh, no, you just don't have. <laughs> but that doesn't, uh, there's so much of that out here. Just People just aren't as friendly as they are in yeah, the Yeah, they're scared. I think people are just scared. Of what? I don't know. <laughs> Scared to engage with another human being? Yes. In the what South? If you're, what if you're some creep or rapist or some person that's going to ruin their life? A creep that just says, hey, how's it yeah, going? Yeah, that could be your neighbor. starter. Yeah, okay. Look, <laughs> nobody's more suspicious of strangers than I am, all right? But you still kind of, you got to read a book by its cover sometimes. If someone's just being friendly... Be friendly back to them. And uh, that just doesn't exist out here. And uh, A lot. There are some. There are some. There are some, some nice In peeps. the South, especially in the rural South, uh, the majority of the people, now there are some people that are very standoffish and cliquish, but the majority of the people that I grew up around, even if they don't know you, how you doing? Yeah. How about you? <laughs> See, you know, to gas station, <laughs> pumping gas, somebody pulls up next to you, starts pumping gas. How about you? Oh, it's the best. How y'all doing? I remember being like, what, what, oh, hello? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I am well. Wow, they're listening to me. Yeah. What is happening? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, food would be number one that I miss. Um, just It's hard to replicate some of that stuff out here. Like, people try. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm not interested in your biscuits and gravy <laughs> at a Silver Lake cafe. I'm just not. Good try, Millie's Cafe. They, oh. they made biscuits out of, in, a, in muffin tins. Oh, I had a panic attack there they once. Biscuit muffins, no thanks. Very small, yeah. Millie's Cafe. What else? Uh, so I miss the food. Uh, I miss the overall friendliness. Uh, I miss the geography. Like, I, I, I love, I grew up in the North Georgia mountains. I love mountains and rivers and Lakes, I miss. I miss all. I that. miss mountains and rivers. I miss seasons. <laughs> oh man, fall oh. in the south. That's why I, I wanted to take you back. We missed it by a few weeks. Uh, was it two years ago? Yeah, two yeah, years ago. Two we October's ago, I, we went and spent about two weeks uh, all over the south. It was so much fun. It was like I and I I did this on purpose, but like when I tour, I uh, I'll go out for two or three weeks, and for the most part, I'm in a different city every day. And I thought, man, it'd be cool to vacation that way. So yeah. I, I, you flew out, and we hit about seven cities in about ten days. Yeah, it with, was. 
it was really fun, but a lot, a lot of moving. Got to move a lot. Well, I'm not a light packer, yeah. so it was just... But no, it was amazing. We went to, beautiful. in about nine or ten days, we hit Atlanta, Athens. We hit Helen, Georgia. We hit uh, Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Gatlinburg. Then we came back to Athens, back to Atlanta, and then down to Savannah. Savannah. Yeah. I feel oh. like there's something else I'm missing. I don't remember, I don't but it was amazing. But yeah, we had a good time. And then uh, most recently, over the holidays, we spent about a week in Nashville, oh. a few days in Louisville. So yeah, I love the South. Um, I'm trying to think what else do I miss about it? I miss falls in the South. I miss uh, Saturdays in the fall in the South. Oh, I'm a big college football fan. And uh, now that uh, my Georgia Bulldogs are perennial title contenders, uh, all of their games are on national TV for the most part. Um, that wasn't the so. My point is, I can still see all the games, but it's just out here. There's just something missing in the South on Saturday. Like it's just everywhere you go, it's just in the air. Yeah. Like especially in Georgia, like you know, it's just in the air. Like it just every Saturday's a holiday. Yeah. And it's just not that way out here. People, even the locals, like USC, UCLA, those. No, fa- the, it's not the same. It's just not the same. Because everyone has to drive everywhere, mm-hmm. and we're awful people. Yeah. But whatever. So <laughs> I, I, I miss football. I miss uh, just the the fall in general. I miss the food. I miss the warmth. I don't miss. Eh, there's there's flip sides to every coin. I don't miss the closed mindedness. Mm-hmm. I don't miss the homophobia. Oh you know? right, I forget about homophobia. <laughs> so much homophobia. That is in so funny to me. I'm like, uh, what? Who? Why? I'm trying to think what else. I mean, that's the, the the big thing is the racism and the closed mindedness and the homophobia and 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 you know I'm not throwing an entire culture under the bus. Now, of course, not everybody in the South is that way, but I will say it's a higher percentage. There are more closed minded people per capita in Georgia than there are California. Yeah, I'll say that. That know? makes sense. Yeah, and uh, so well, there's. That, there's that parts I don't miss. of California that's super racist. So yeah, and people think uh, that uh, California is incredibly blue state. I mean, Southern California is fairly blue, but yeah, there's there's, there's parts Orange of County and there's Orange like oof, there's parts in Central and Northern California. Yeah, you that drive are through it red. and you just feel like you're like you're you just sit up straighter and get nervous. That's how I describe it. But but yeah, yeah I'm trying to think. What did you notice about the South? You had never been there ever. Never been. I had a culture shock. It was so different. Mm -hmm. It is a different world. It is a friendly, that's where friendliness was made. Uh Friendliness was made there (laughs) and Patton. And like, it is amazing how friendly people are. And um, I think what really caught me in the greatest way was how genuine people are. Like (sighs) when you walk into a gas station or whatever, it's Mm -hmm. not just like, Hey, how are you? And not listen and not mm-hmm. care. It's like, hey, how are you? No, really. Like yeah. they actually wanted you mm-hmm. want to know yeah. how your day is. And and there's a genuine kindness. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I always say it's that Southern guy thing, because Southern, it's that politeness mm-hmm. that you have that's like ingrained in you. Um, yeah, that's not really out in California. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I don't know where that comes from. I don't know why people in the South are friendlier. I They're, don't. Oh, I don't know. I feel like you guys go to charm school or something. Mm-hmm. It's. It's very. I don't know. Emily I don't know if Post. religion. Religion is big in the South. I don't know if it's connected to that. It might be. Mm, okay. Yeah. You know, if you grew up in the church and you grew up around church people, maybe there's just this 
um, subtle obligation to mind your manners and be more polite. I don't know. Maybe but, it's because, like, food is a thing. It's like a central thing mm-hmm. in the South, and your food is so good. You taught me this. Like, food, it like, is an experience. Mm-hmm. You actually, like, sit at a table and share things. Yeah, it's a communal thing. <laughs> you don't just shove a chunk of cheese in your face no. and run outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, food is so big in the South because the dining experience is popular. You know, family, friends. This is, we're not just eating. We're, I mean, we're eating and we're, we're doing the biological purpose of eating, what it does for our, you know, you need the fuel, but there's so much more to it in the South. Yeah, there's like a soul to it. It's not just cold and, mm-hmm. you know, diety. <laughs> cold and diety. That's how I feel California. Yeah. It's just cold and diety. Everything's cold and diety. Uh, everyone's vegan, not because of the principle, just because of vanity, mm-hmm. really. I mean, I would love to be vegan, but I love me. What mm-hmm. am I going to do? What are you going to do? Uh, but, uh, but yeah, thanks for checking in. Uh, yeah, I, I'm trying to think. You miss the South so he miss. By the way, he misses it so so much. <laughs> he always listens to all of his Southern music. God help me. I mean, I love it, <laughs> except for the guys that talk about the babies and the cages. Anyway, drive by truckers, babies guys. And cages. Oh, the talkers, the drive by talkers. He has a couple of spoken word <laughs> breakdowns every now and then. Ten minutes of talking. <laughs> He's a poet. Okay, so there's a lot of Southern culture within you that you don't even realize like your music your cooking your uh, I don't know I mean no I'm I'm proud politeness. I mean no I'm I'm happy I'm not saying but I think you miss it more than you think yeah. because you you do put it into your daily life well, which and is there's, great there's especially I don't know there's it's hard to explain to someone who's didn't An grow outsider. up it, but mm-hmm. there's a um there's a mentality down there of of get shit done. Yeah. You know, people in the South, especially in the rural South, they solve their own problems. They figure out how to get stuff done. No, I I would not in a billion years would I call AAA to come change my tire. Right. Put it that way. Okay, I see what you mean. You, know, you grew up in the South, you change your own damn tire. Yeah. You, you learn basic. And you basic, put barbecue sauce on it. You learn basic... <laughs> Life skills that it's just the mentality of figure out how to solve your own problems because you may not be able to depend on someone else. I do that. Mm-hmm. I do that with certain things. Yeah, you do. You, you, you're you want to know why? Because I'm a Girl Scout. I was a Girl Scout for like 15 years. Really? Southern people are almost like Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts. <laughs> like, really, they all went to the same. Here's how you change a tire school. Here's how to barbecue school. Here's how to say a nice compliment, but not, it's, it's an insult, you know? Like, well, I love that. that's a whole that. other camp. That's my favorite thing. The Southern the way of bless speaking. Bless your heart. And not just, when <laughs> I, I say the it. Southern way of speaking, I don't mean just the accent, but there's just a way to communicate with people. Yeah. And, and I, think, I think that's where I definitely get some of my humor from, is just knowing how to... I don't know. There's subtle sarcasm. Yeah. There's a lot of real subtle sarcasm. There's a lot of, um, and in that culture, there's there's always, I don't know how to explain this, but in conversation, trying to make someone laugh is is always a goal. Yeah. It's, it's always, there's always a joke around the corner. 
Yeah. You always, even my mom, you know, my mom's hilarious. Like she is. She's, she's not, so funny. No one would accuse her of being a skilled comedian, but she, if, if we're going to have a talk, we might as well also have a laugh. Yeah. It's, 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 it's always upbeat. Yeah. It's if we're going to chit chat, yes. let's make each other giggle. Yes. There's a lot of that. And that rubbed off on me. Yeah. My dad was that way. My mom was that way. My grandfather was definitely that way. Just like a charisma. Yeah. There's a comedic charisma. Yeah. To most people down there, whether they realize it or not. There are some people I grew up with that are some of the funniest people I've ever met. And if you brought it to their attention, they'd be like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fun- who's funny? What, me? Yeah. I'm funny? Yes, dude. You're hilarious. And they're like, oh, shit. I didn't know. I wasn't trying to be. Amazing. So, yeah. It's an interesting culture. It's an interesting place. Uh, I miss it, um, but I will say I don't miss it nearly enough. Uh, one thing I am proud of, and we talk about this a lot, me and you personally, is especially where I'm from, where I grew up. I, I posed this question to you the other day. I think there was roughly 600 people in my graduating class, roughly 600 oh my people. God. I mean, I don't know if that's big that's or small. little. That's little. Little, yeah. Mine was like two thousand something. Oh, okay. Well, regardless, my point is, let's say there's six hundred people that I graduated with. My question was, my my hypothetical was, what's what percentage of those people still live in that town? Hmm. And I'd say it's probably 85 percent. That's just so. I think that's that's abnormal to mm-hmm. me, just because I know I don't know what it is about California, but everything. Is driving distance, so maybe that's why it's not a big deal to you know move to the mountains or move to the beach or move to the I don't know. It, it's not that mentality where I'm from at least. There is a mentality where I grew up of what? Why would I move? Huh? <laughs> like especially, I get people move for jobs. Yeah. Um, but there's enough jobs around where I was that I would honestly say if I had to bet. I'd say 80% of the people I graduated with still live in that town. And to me, and for, hey, for some, I'm not knocking it. For no, some that's people, amazing. For some people, if that's what you want out of life, hey, float your own boat. But for me personally, I was like, absolutely not. Yeah, my mom was the same way. Nothing against my hometown, but I was just smart enough to know that the world is so much bigger. Yeah. And if I'm going to chase the dreams that I'm dreaming about, I got to leave this town. So. Yeah. But uh, so I, I am proud. As much as I miss the South, I am proud that I'm not still in my hometown. Yeah, like, me to too. Me, me, not knocking people who do that, but for me personally, that would create a, a lot of unhappiness for me if I was just stuck in my hometown. Oh my gosh! Didn't have the ambition to see what else is out there. Man, and I would probably be dead in a closet somewhere. So <laughs> if you were still at home, wait, what does that mean? Because, oh, like if you were still at your hometown uh-huh. and I still lived my life normally, uh-huh. I would be dead oh, in a closet. Oh, okay. I got you. Due to the dead <laughs> member callback. Yeah, callback to your... Yeah. I was excited about that one, I'm, too. I'm a little slow on the uptake today. No, that was good. I was killing me, it over here. Me slacking off. <laughs> All right, let's see what else we got. Well, hey there, Dave and Katie. Uh, I'd just like to say that what y'all are doing is uh, fantastic and and uh, especially Dave, you and Kyle, I've gotten so much entertainment out of out of you guys' fuckery uh, to not put too fine a point on it. But I uh, want to let you know, sir, Dave, that uh, 
there's there is a orange splatter vinyl uh original of jam room available on eBay. Right now I'm looking at it. About to click the button, but uh I didn't want to grab it if you've already got it because I got a I got one of my own, but it's not the orange one. So anywho, if you'd like to, feel free to text me back. All right, thanks a lot, buddy. Take care. Bye bye. Well, thank you, buddy. That's uh, awfully kind and generous of you. Um, yeah, I think we corresponded on uh, Facebook or something. Um, I appreciate the hell out of your offer. Uh, I can't. Uh, I can't just let you do that. I can't just let you buy me an expensive album. Um, but I do appreciate. It. I think what I was talking about a few weeks ago is if someone's out somewhere and they see uh, something that I'm looking for, feel free to email me or something. And then I might give you the green light if you're cool with it to buy it, and then I would reimburse you immediately. You know, send you a PayPal or Venmo. Oh, um, that's so nice. But no, that's nice. And I, I told him uh, not to worry about it, uh, even though that was an incredibly kind gesture. Uh, my point being, um, I want a pony. <laughs> that, <laughs> that is a record I want. Um, I don't know if I made this clear when we were talking about this last time. Um, I want that record, but I don't. I, I want to find it in the wild. Yeah. For me, that's part of the the pleasure is the hunt. I want to I wanna be able to come across that in the wild, and, and then it'd be, oh, shit, I've been looking for this for years. To me, there's something a little too cheap and easy about just going onto eBay or, or Discogs and buying something. Yeah, I've tried that. I've tried just getting you gifts. Like, here's a record. Okay, shut up about it. But no, you like to go and research and travel. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you liked it. Uh, uh. I was talking one day, this was about a year ago, I was talking about how, how much I enjoyed the Carter family. Yeah, uh, Johnny Cash's mother-in-law, Ma- Mother Maybell, and June Carter, and Sarah, and AP. I'm not to bore you with the whole Carter family history, but I, I was just talking about the Carter family, <laughs> and then about a week later, you got me a, a record, and you you're the like Carpenters. Eh, you got me the Carpenters. <laughs> they very similar, very similar family and, dynamics. Uh, I'm assuming nothing against the Carpenters, just you know, not my cup of tea. Oh, and I miss them when I miss the mark on a present because I love present giving so much. It's just the worst. Like you were, that was you were very nice, but knowing you now, I know you were probably like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with that? Well, I think, well, especially, <coughs> pardon me. Uh, this guy obviously knows. Uh, enough because he knows clutch and the orange splatter vinyl and granted that's what i was talking about but to to even be able to identify that somewhere on ebay it means uh, this guy knows somewhat about what he's talking about with the records it's um <laughs> but yeah for someone like i appreciate the gesture i got it at urban outfitters I, yeah, see there's the other problem <laughs> but you buying me a record is like me buying you a dress like that's probably something you should buy yourself. Yeah. You know, I don't know anything about dresses. Well, I don't really wear dresses that much because of my length, but I understand what you're saying. Yeah, for the I should wear example. dresses. There's a whole thing. Maxi dresses are for long people. I don't like them. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's not go on the dress tangent. <laughs> but yes, I understand what you mean. But no, I appreciate that, dude. But um, and and thank you so much. But I uh, until it gets to the point where it's a record that just. Is not like I've been looking for ten years and I just can't find it and I just gotta have it. Then I'll break down and buy something online. Uh, but for the most part, I'd rather just wait and uh, find it in the wild because that makes it so much more fun. Yeah. All right, moving right along. Hello, Katie and Dave. It's Matt it's up in by Syracuse, calling you back again. Just giving you an update. My relationship with Tori is going really well. You know, we've been making a lot of progress with our free time together. 
getting to know each other very well. I got to meet her family. She met mine, you know, as best we could with the quarantine going on and social distancing. And things have been going along great. And we've been doing cooking dates for each other, which I've really enjoyed. And Dave, I bought the first two volumes of your kitchen survival guide. So I look forward to making her some of your recipes. And, you know, we talked a lot about what's going to happen when she goes back to work in June. Like June 1st, I think, is when her job's going to open back up. And, you know, we said we'll make the most of it. And definitely I appreciated the advice on, you know, texting first thing in the morning and good night. We've been doing that a lot. And it's really, you know, it's just a little thing like that that makes it special on those days I can't get to see her and she can't see me. And I've never had a relationship where I just miss seeing somebody the minute it goes, like I stopped being with her in person. So, you know, so far it's pretty good. We've only been about a little over a month of dating and obviously we're in that honeymoon phase, but I don't know. I like her a lot more than anybody else I've dated so far. And I'll keep you guys updated if you want. I don't have much of a question going on today. So I just wanted to follow up with you guys and I hope you're both doing very well, you know, and look forward to hearing from you guys on the podcast. Bye. Matt. Yay. Oh my gosh. Okay. I love this so much. We are seeing a relationship develop and I am so excited. This sounds amazing. I'm so glad you did the texting and you're right. It is the little things, the little things, are the biggest that mm-hmm. you remember. Of course. You know, that is so cool. And you're in the honeymoon phase um, in quarantine. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's a connection. That's a big connection. What did he say? He said, I, I just miss seeing somebody the minute it goes, like I stopped being with her in person. And that's so important. It is. That you want to so be excited important. to see your person. Like this is going to make some people nauseous or roll their there eyes. There we go. But... I miss you all the time when we're not together. Aww, and I you're know, so gross. I know this is nauseating. But sometimes, like, I, just, I miss you when we're in different rooms. It's I like, know. I wonder what Katie's doing back there. I'm going to go back there and see what Katie's doing. What's funny is that I do the same thing. I know, vomit everybody. But also, I'll just, I'll do it in my ADD way. Like, I'll come out and be like, hey, what's going on? Okay, cool, bye. And then go back. <laughs> but yeah, it's so good. To, well, good. That means you're with somebody you really love. Absolutely. You don't want to hate the person. I never, and granted, we're not married yet, and people might say, hey, holler at me in 30 years. Right. But I never understood the old trope. You see it on TV and movies a lot, and I've seen it in real life, of just the playfully, I hate my wife. <laughs> like, oh, the old ball and chain. Like, why are you with her? Yeah, leave like, her alone. Yeah, and she's if, forced if, somebody else. If if your wife, if it's a chore being with that person, go go be alone or yeah. go be with someone else. Like, I don't ever want to be that way. Now yeah. I get the playfulness. I, I get the joke to a certain extent. Yeah, but like, do you really feel that way? Because if so, boy, that sucks. Yeah, that really sucks. Well, also. The jokes, you have to be careful with that, I think. Like, I know the funny bits of like, ah, oh, this guy and this girl, you know. Take my wife, please. Yeah, but I think once you go down that road, it it's almost like you, yes and. Oh, you're like, oh, this was funny. Let me go meaner. Let me go meaner. This is even more funny. I know this person so well. And that could, I don't know. I don't know. This is a weird tangent. But I feel like when your humor is dark, mm-hmm. like ours, 
it's it, it took me a second to be like, oh, to show Dave I love him. I don't yell at him and say yeah. F you. And, because I grew up in a household where it was like, ah, dimple fuck, you know? Yeah. And, and I just Your thought, dad still calls your names. Yeah. And I was like, oh, but I'm being playful. But that's not necessarily how you receive love <laughs> and or appropriate, no, and, and, I guess. and I can take a joke. I get, you know, people joking, but... When you see that couple where it's always jabs, it's always little digs and jokes, it's like, how about you, it's not hack to be nice to her every now and then. Yeah. Why don't you just be nice to her? Well, and it just shows that that person, if it's just on one side too, that person has a lot going on with them mm-hmm. and the other person's just checked out. Because I think it's just as bad as being like stonewall you know, mm-hmm. like not. Yeah, that's a that's I don't a form be that of either. no. I don't either. You I don't see wanna... that the old couple that's I'm been just... together forty years and they <laughs> barely speak. He's in his lazy boy and she's in another room and they barely speak. They turn Ugh. off their hearing aids. They just don't care. Like, and I, I don't ever want you to be an alternative to loneliness. Oh yeah, I no, want you. I don't either. Ew. I want you to be what I aspire. You know, in a yeah. relationship, I'm with you. Because I love you and I can't live without you, not because you'll do or you're better than nothing. Yeah. Like, ugh. I mean. That's gross. That is sad. Anyway, Matt, sorry, that was a weird tangent, but I'm glad your relationship's going well. <laughs> yeah, it's good to hear. Imagine how how um, how much fun they'll have when this quarantine's over. Oh my gosh, I know. Where they can actually go out and do stuff. And, and they met each out. other's families. It's yeah. been a month. Yeah. That's like a thing. I have a feeling we're going to have wedding questions here. I'm excited. <laughs> oh gosh. Congrats, Matt. I, uh, keep us posted, man. I hope things are continue to go well. It sounds like they're doing well. And uh, that's fun. That's fun to see. That is fun. We need more I love, love in love. the world. Well, we should probably go ahead and land this puppy. We're about, geez, hour and 40 already. Whoa. Whoa, <laughs> baby. But, uh, yeah, thank you guys for all the calls. Um, uh, if you have called and left a message and we haven't gotten to you yet, uh, rest assured we either will get to it or we will decide it's not interesting enough. One That's of the not true. We've been uh, <laughs> pretty much playing every single one, so that is not true. But, uh, yeah, we appreciate that. Uh, let me go ahead and throw this out again. Um, uh, Dave Stone's Kitchen Survival Guide, Volumes 1, 2, and 3, uh, a total of 65 recipes, still available at my website, dumbdavestone.com, or you can just holler at me on social meds. Uh, one for 10, two for 16, all three for 20, and the offer still stands if you're hit hard by this quarantine and all the unemployment that's uh, rampant right now. And you, you need to cook and you don't have many uh, recipes or chops of your own, holler at me and I'll gladly email you these things for free. They're, uh, they're e-cookbooks. It's a PDF file, so uh, I'm not out any overhead uh, as far as a hard copy or anything. So what do I care? I'm glad to... Uh, to help somebody out in need if you need it. And and huge thanks to, uh, I say this, I've said this before, but people are um, sending me money and they're like, oh, I already have the cookbooks. Here's 10 bucks. Here's 20 bucks for the ones you've given away for free. Jeez, dudes. Thanks. That's so nice. Guys. Thanks so That's much. So nice. That's incredible. So uh, yeah, if you need some recipes, holler at me, uh, whether you want to pay for them or not, I'll be glad to hook that up. Um, and do not holler at me regarding that because I will just give you my salmon recipe. Yeah, you don't want that. <laughs> you don't want that. <laughs> Boo, where can people find you on Instagram? KT Low Strandberg, the letter K, the letter T, L-O-W Strandberg. You have fun on there. 
I do. You, uh, you still oh, do I love stories? the gram. Love the stories. Love the gram. I've yet to do a story. I don't understand. I know you don't. Work, you don't like the stories. Uh, it's not that I don't like them. I'm just afraid of new technology. So I'll figure. It's out how to fun. Do it. It's yeah. fun. You get addicted. <laughs> you, you get clever. You get to talk to people. It's like a video diary. Yep. So. Ah. Oh. It's yeah. entertaining. Holler at Katie on Instagram. I'm on Instagram too. I'm not nearly as entertaining as she is. Uh, all, all my all my gram is just food. A lot of good food though. <laughs> Lots of good. Underscore Dave Stone. So there you go. If you <laughs> want to find me on that. Uh, good news is Stoneberg's uh, now available on YouTube. Woo! We've started to upload all the episodes. I think we have them all except for maybe episode one and episode five. For some reason, I can't find those. Um, you threw yeah, them away. Going to try to start uh, putting all the episodes up on YouTube, just in case you know you're around the house and you don't, for whatever reason. Some people aren't podcast people. Yeah, some people uh, like the YouTube. YouTube is getting more and more prevalent uh, as far as the app. I, I have it on our Apple TV, and I just I scroll through there all day and find weird stuff to it look at. Sure does. So uh, a Stoneberg, lot of barbecue. Stoneberg's is on YouTube, as is uh, my alt country radio show, uh, Dave Stone's Gravy Boat. You can find that on YouTube as well. So, um, and uh, yeah, Boogie Monster every Tuesday with me and Kyle Kinane. And uh, yeah, just, I'm out there, boo. We, you really are. I'm You're doing it. Do you have any word of mouth? <sighs> word of oh, mouth for shit. anybody? Oh, shit, word of mouth. We totally forgot about word of mouth. I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, I got two shows I'm really excited about. I'll wait and do the other one next week. Today, I will uh, word of mouth. Um, my good buddy, I get annoyed at people who are always like, my pal, so-and-so's doing a thing. You can't just plug his thing. You got to let everybody know that you're friends with him. But uh, I'm doing that now. But uh, we've been pals for probably about 12 years. Uh, uh, my buddy Rory Scovel. He's hilarious. And if you're a fan of comedy, you probably know who Rory Scovel is. If you're not a big comedy person, you may not. S-C-O-V-E-L. Um I know we hype up our buddies a lot. Comedians, that's a habit of, like, overhyping <clears throat> your friends. Uh, no hyperbole. Rory Scovel may be the most naturally funny human being yeah. on the planet. 100%. At least the most naturally funny person I've ever met. And what I mean is, like, he's a skilled comedian. He's a great actor. But when I say naturally funny, just one of those people that when you hang out with him, <laughs> you come home and your stomach hurts. Like, I laugh so much. And he's not trying. To, I mean, no. he's trying to be funny because he knows he's funny, but he's not He's not on all the time per se. It's just, it's just he can't help but not be funny. He's, oh, it's, he's, yeah, he's the funniest human. I mean, he, he can't he help can't but. Help. He can't help but be funny. I mean, I yeah. don't know. I, I'm a, the double negatives get me sometimes. That's all right. He's funny, and he's not even trying. Um, the dude is just absolutely hilarious. He's got a, uh, I think it's still on Netflix. He's got a comedy special on Netflix called Roy Scovel Try Stand Up for the First Time, <laughs> which is a great name. <laughs> like, oh, I ain't ever done this. <laughs> Yet I'm a master at it. Uh, and he, his acting career, uh, he's done a lot. Uh, recently, uh, he was, uh, what's that Amy Schumer movie? He I Feel in, Pretty. I Feel Pretty. He, he was, was so good. He was her boyfriend or love interest in that. Uh, he mm-hmm. was on um, Those Who Can't on True TV years Ground ago. Floor. He was on Ground Floor on TBS. Pops up in a lot of stuff. But this is his his first actual show where he's the star. Um, he he co-created it. I think he does a lot of the writing, and he's the star. And it's called Robbie with an I-E-R-O-B-B-I-E. It's on Comedy Central. Well, it's not on Comedy Central. Uh, there's a trend going around, and, and my word of mouth next week falls under the same category. There's a trend going around of, of networks buying TV shows, green lighting, and shooting full seasons of TV shows, and then being like, we don't know if we want to air it. And that's so annoying. He filmed Robbie about a year and a half ago. They did eight episodes. 
And then they just, Comedy Central just sat on their ass and they, eh, we don't know. So they, they aired the pilot the other night, just the pilot. They're not okay. going to air anything else. And all the other episodes are on their app, the Comedy Central app, or you can find them directly on YouTube. Speaking of YouTube, uh, just type in Robbie or Robbie Comedy Central. But uh, eight episodes, and of course I'm biased because he's my buddy. No, but it's friggin' funny. It's really funny, especially for, it's hard for a comedy that has a little bit of heart Mm-hmm. to be black belt level comedy. Larry David had a, a saying years ago when they were doing Seinfeld, um, and I'm probably messing it up, but um, no tears, no hugs, something like that. No crying, oh, no hugs. Meaning yeah. there's no, Seinfeld's one of the best shows in the world, but there's zero heart to it. Yes. You never, there's no ah moments or, oh, I'm really rooting for this guy. He's re-, like there, and Curb's the same way. There's zero heart and it's meant to be that way. So when you when you remove any, uh, heart from a show it's easier to like really up the ante on mm-hmm. the funny but it's hard for a show that has a little bit of heart to also be top shelf funny but they pulled it off and i made this observation to to rory we were talking about it and i was congratulating him on the show um it's one of those unique shows and i, I there are other shows that i'm sure that could pull this off but none come to mind it's one of the rare shows where the dumbest guy in the room is going to laugh his ass off, but so is the smartest guy in the room. Yeah. Most shows yes. play to one side or the other. In stand-up, we're taught to play to the, to- to the top of the room, mm-hmm. play to the smartest person in the room. And it, people who don't get it, oh, well, it's their fault. This show has some laughs that are so juvenile and stupid, like mm-hmm. fart joke level laughs, that the dumb guy is going to laugh his ass off. But there's other parts that are so subtle and so... Black belt comedy oh, it's, that, that dumb people are going to miss, but the smart people are going to be like, "Holy shit, that was funny!" Yeah, there's so much. There's so there's. Uh, it's like your chili. It's a deep, deep flavors. <laughs> deep, it's deep, deep flavors. Deep flavors. Yeah. It is. It's so funny and so well written yeah. and so well acted. And I love that Rory's wife is also an actor. Yeah. His wife uh, Jordan, hilarious, plays, uh, plays Karen. Yes. The uh, kind of, uh, oddly, kind of his nemesis. Yeah, they're rival. rivals. <laughs> yeah. She's, uh, real quick premise is uh, Rory's uh, is set, it was filmed and set in Georgia, filmed in Atlanta, it's set in a fictional town called Carter, uh, which I'd like to think is Cartersville. Georgia folks know about Cartersville. And it's set, uh, they, they reference in dialogue that they're about 30 miles north of Atlanta, so that adds up in terms of Cartersville. So it's set in a small North Georgia town. <clears throat> and Rory's a good-hearted but underachieving Ugh. 40-year-old dude who, yeah. who's not really doing what he wants to do with his life. He works at the at the uh, the Crispy King, the Creamy King. The Creamy King, yeah. Instead of a Dairy Queen, it's the Creamy, Creamy King. King. So he works at a little shitty ice cream store. Um, but is he's also a church league basketball coach. And he is That's the most confident yeah. slash, <laughs> like, the lovable idiot. The cocky idiot. Yeah. yeah. Which is a great comedic device. And it's so funny. Mm. And he's one of the smartest people ever. Yeah. But... That's why he does it so well. Yeah, and he, yeah, he just plays that that goofy Southern dude. That oh. what the fuck are you talking about, huh? What I love, I'm the idiot. <laughs> no, you're the idiot. That kind of guy. Well, I love it too. He's so vulnerable. I think that's how he gets away with. Like he has so much heart that he just that oozes off of him mm-hmm. in his performance. If yeah. That makes sense. So you can't. He can't play a cold character. No. Because he is such a nice yeah, person. In real life, one of the sweetest dudes. But in his ever. acting, it, that is such a, it comes through in such a great way. Mm-hmm. Anyway, watch it, guys. Yeah, I'm very excited. And I owe so much to Rory um, and Jordan. When I first moved to LA, I was living in a van and um, 
about once a week, Rory and Jordan would just demand that I come over and eat dinner and sleep on the sleep on the couch. I love. And that. I tried so hard not to burden my friends back in those days because it was my choice. You know, it's like I'm not. You know, it's my idea, my choice to to pursue this weird lifestyle. I'm not going to burden my friends. But about once a week, Jordan would just demand, "You're sleeping at our house today, and I'm cooking lasagna." I'm like, "Oh shit!" I'll I love twist her. my arm. Um, just two real sweet people. And just such a damn good show. So check out Robbie. Um, I, I, I made this observation too. Uh, do you remember, uh, for those who remember, uh, My Name is Earl with yes. Jason Lee, Ethan Supley, and uh, Jamie Presley? Uh, that was on what, about 15 years ago? Uh, oh, wow. It's, it's in old. that vein. It's that, that type of show, but I think funnier and more authentic. Yes, uh, I, agree. I enjoyed that show, but uh, Jamie Presley was great. Jamie Presley was one of the, that's one of the best performances. Yeah, she was hilarious because she was a true, a true Southerner. She's from North Carolina. But, and I like Jason Lee and Ethan Supley, but uh, it was just kind of hard to buy them as like these kind of redneck dudes. But Rory, Rory can, uh, can pull that off because Rory's from Spartanburg, South Carolina. So he, uh, just like me, we understand the nuance and the absurdity of Southern culture. And uh, boy, he nails it in this show. So check out Robbie on YouTube and uh, spread the word on that uh, word of mouth. And uh, let's see if we can't get a, another season out of that show because oh, that I would be fun. That. It's um, so funny. But yeah, that's it. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we appreciate the hell out of you. Thank you, you guys. Uh, the feedback. We appreciate the feedback. Holler at us anytime. We are not uh, two pretentious no. uh, celebrities. We're not celebrities at all, but we're, nope. we're not in this realm where we are inaccessible. You can, you can holler at us anytime, and for the most part... And I love it. We will respond. I will definitely respond. I don't know about this guy over here. I just... I forget. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I will. But uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Bye. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to the Stonebergs podcast. If you enjoyed it, it would mean a lot to us if you could take a few seconds to rate and review it on iTunes. And if you don't listen to it on iTunes but still want to help out, simply tell a friend, as word of mouth is so important. Follow us on Instagram, at the Stonebergs podcast. Follow us on Twitter, at the Stonebergs. And lastly, give us a call 24-7 and leave a voicemail at 562-548-2012. That's 562-548-2012. Thanks for listening. Somebody say the word diarrhea. <laughs> Ew. Well, check this out. This is a good joke. Y'all like this. Uh, there's a banana, and it has a huge dick. Robbie, you are at church. Yeah, we're outside, Karen. God doesn't come out here. Okay, I'm leaving. I will see you guys over there. Bye, Karen. It's not a real dick, Karen. It's a banana dick, so it's fine for church. Robbie, stop screaming about dicks. There's kids around. I'm talking about banana dicks. I'm not talking about dick dicks. Stop saying dicks. Oh, Lord, yeah. Okay, thank you.